Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Today we're talking all about taming your inner critic. And with the new year, we've all been taking on new challenges or a new goal. And either before we ever start or when we see challenges start to pile up, if you're anything like us, you hear that voice. Oh, that voice. I think you know what we're talking about. That subconscious little internal voice of negativity. That inner critic that tells you, you don't know how, you never will know how, you poss- you can't possibly do it, that voice. Yeah, and somehow that little voice in your head, they know all your weaknesses, don't they? They pry at all of your insecurities and they just prey on them. And this can be a challenge because, you know, we all make a decision. You make a decision to do something different from the norm. And I know for me, I'm already feeling a little bit insecure when you're taking on something new simply because you may not be so comfortable with trying that because you never have before. And then I always hear the voice. It starts to come in those moments. It's that voice of saying, do you really think you're good enough for this? Or what makes you think you can do that? Or worse, you are stupid. You're not smart enough. You can't possibly ever pull this off. And you'll be discovered and found out. Oh, yeah, the imposter syndrome. That's a good one. That can come on hard in those moments, especially as you're tackling something totally brand new and you think you should know how to do it and everyone else around you knows how to do it and you don't. Will I be found out? Yeah, and and, I mean, if if you really look at like the history and look at people and look at all the people, like the famous people who have done really great things, they've all suffered with this. It's something that's kind of built into your subconscious and they've dealt with the imposter syndrome, as Meg said. I mean, you're sitting there thinking like you're going to be discovered or found out. And that's really what prevents us from doing a lot of things that we've never done before because we think we're not qualified. We can't do it. We listen to this tiny voice and then it stops us from ever trying anything at all. Right. And, you know, I feel like we always see the flaws in ourselves that seem so glaring Like somebody's looking at us on our microscope, but actually the outside world doesn't even see them at all. Right. Yeah. And I I think we've all heard it. I mean, we are our own worst enemies. We are our own worst critics. And, you know, I I think about, I always tie back. We have two small kids. We have a a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And it's amazing to me the comparisons you can make between being a kid and, you know, looking at your kids or younger kids and then being an adult because like as adults we're all just big kids aren't we i mean we all take ourselves a little too seriously but at the core of it we're all just big kids i mean sure most of us aren't outright throwing a loud temper tantrum or we don't stomp our feet but we do that on the inside don't we <laughs> 
So our daughter recently brought home a picture she drew at school, and we were like, oh my gosh, Harlan, this is really great. It was actually truly impressive for a five-year-old. She was showing it to us in total pride, and then she stopped, and she said, but this line is out of place, and she pointed to one stray little line that she had drawn, and actually neither one of us had even noticed it until she pointed it out, and she was so disappointed in herself, she wanted to basically throw the whole thing away and start fresh on this school project, and we're like, girlfriend this is amazing like i didn't i seriously didn't even notice this line until you told us all about it and i think that's a really accurate portrayal an accurate picture of how we do things too as adults nobody else is looking at it and we're like oh hey here's my error did you see yeah it's almost like you're calling attention to it and after this me and maggot had the conversation we're like you know how does this happen like how does this get to a point like how does how does a child as young as five already look for the negatives in what they're doing and is this a learned behavior or is this something that is just naturally in our dna is it just something that's naturally in all of us and i truly believe it's something that's just ingrained in all of us to have that that voice to have that that criticism and i don't know if it's because we live in kind of a self-centered culture we're all we're all self-centric and we all think about ourselves. And so you put yourself under the microscope and you judge yourself so much harder than anyone else will. And we do that. We say, we look at the one thing that we did wrong. And then all of a sudden we had no idea what we were doing the whole time. And how did we have any business doing it? And you go down that snowball of all these negative things and all these reasons for why you should have never done it. And it's like, why are we doing that? Why? Exactly. We've all experienced that voice enough to know that it leaves us doubting ourselves and hurting our spirit, our very inner core. So we're going to talk today about how to tame the inner critic so that we can actually live a much happier life and stop judging ourselves so much harder than anybody else was ever going to. Yeah, I think the most important thing for me, and I I try to remind myself of this all the time, but it's really understanding that what you're thinking and thinking it isn't actually the same thing as doing it. Because we can get, so often we can buy into the negative talk. We can hear it. And when you're hearing it over and over and over again, it just becomes so real, doesn't it? Like it's already happened. Like you can't possibly do it because, hey, you've already been there, done that. And this is inevitably what's going to happen. So why even try? Like you're going to fail. So why even attempt it in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we convince ourselves that our thoughts are just going to come to fruition and all the fears we have in our mind, no matter how exaggerated they actually are, will just come true. So many times, if not all times, our mind just goes to that worst case scenario, a scenario that is obviously more than likely not going to happen. But we have to recognize when that's happening. We have to recognize when we're being a little bit irrational and when our mind is drifting so that we can recognize those lies that that inner critic is telling us and start to work towards ignoring the voice. Right. And the easiest thing you can do in these moments is just to write down all of what this voice is saying and then tie it back to the fact that is there any real evidence supporting this? Because like Megan was saying, we always will go and we'll build it up to the worst way it could be, the worst way it could possibly be. And frankly, it hasn't even ever happened yet. So how do you know? 
But I'll say too that maybe you have tried something new before. Maybe it wasn't this particular thing that you're trying. Say in 2020, you're going to try something new. But say you've tried something new in the past and it didn't go well. Then we draw from that experience and then we let it build into a self-fulfilling prophecy of where it's actually going to go when really we have no supporting evidence other than something that was completely different in the past or a past behavior. And by the way, if we're doing something new in 2020, we're probably trying to change that behavior. So if we're trying to change, then why are we thinking about the past anyway? The past has nothing to do with it. We're trying to do something new and get out of that place. So like Meg said, if you recognize that you're doing that, if you write it down and then try to tie it back to real evidence and see, is there anything that actually is supporting these thoughts or are they just super exaggerated? Because whenever I've thought of it, whenever I've really dug down, a lot of this stuff is surface level stuff. It's negative things that get in your mind. But once you write them down and reflect, you're like, yeah, wow, that's that's really blown out of proportion and that's not at all where it is. And when you put it down on paper, you can see it for what it is, which just is a big fat lie. <laughs> Amen. Another thing is to give your critic a name. That inner voice, it needs a name. Right now, it's probably lingering somewhere in the background of your mind and it comes out when times are tough or when you want to take on a new challenge. Yeah, did you ever notice how it comes out in full force in these situations? Like if you already feel subconscious about, self-conscious about something or if you're already struggling or if you're trying something new at all, you're just a little bit, little bit uncomfortable to start, man, does it come out in full force. And it becomes difficult to separate your rational thoughts with these irrational thoughts of this inner critic. So like Meg said, give it a name. Because a lot of times it can tie back to maybe it sounds a lot like, I don't know, your mom. Maybe it sounds like one of your old bosses. Maybe it sounds like a, a friend or a past acquaintance you had. I don't know what voice it has, but give it a name and identify it and separate it because you don't want it to be your thoughts because you know when its voice is there. And once you start to identify it as a different person, and I know this sounds a little crazy, but once you identify it as a different person, then you can begin to differentiate between your actual thoughts and what you're thinking to the thoughts of this negative Nelly inner critic. As you're saying that, I'm just thinking about how we've had to tell our five-year-old something that we probably wouldn't normally say and we don't allow her to say things like shut up, but there have been times when we will tell her, you need to tell your mind to shut up because your mind is telling you crazy things because she does struggle with some of this type of thing. And as adults, we do too. But we're like, you need to tell your brain to shut up. And she thinks that is so funny. And it usually kicks her out of like whatever funk she's in that she can't do it. It tries to show up for her in homework. You know, she can't get the letter A right or whatever her kindergarten homework is. And suddenly she can't do it. She's never going to be able to. She doesn't know how to. And she just goes down the path that we all do as adults. And we tell her in those moments, hey, Tell your mind to shut up. And that's essentially what we're saying here. By giving your critic a name, by giving that inner voice a name, you can tell it to get out of here. <laughs> right? Yeah. As you were talking, it's like I picture the the old cartoons that always used to be on where you had like the angel on one shoulder and the demon on the other shoulder and they were like talking in each of your <laughs> ears and you never really knew what to do. But really, it's the same concept because once you can picture that little critic on your shoulder and you give it a name and you know then and then you begin to identify what that critic is saying, 
again, separating that and bringing that separation to the front of your mind, you'll quickly see and learn how easy it is to turn down the volume on that negative voice and to bring forth your actual thoughts, not just the the negative energy that's getting brought forward by all this negative talk from this critic. Right. And another thing we should probably discuss is that it's super important to discover your pain points. And what that means is we need to take a look at when this negative voice, when this inner critic is coming out in full force. Does it come out every time you try something new? Does it come out when you're fearful or worried? Does it come out when you're just more stressed? When you start to look at where and when it's happening, you can actually learn a whole lot. Right. I mean, I know for me, just to get real, every time I try something new is when that fear and that worry begins to come and, and, and it comes worse than ever. And I start to hear the voice and I start to really doubt myself, even though I know that there's been so many times that like I have tried new things. I have leaned into fear and it's, it's part of the growth process, is it not? But then like I've noticed that like if I'm already a little bit self-conscious about it, if I'm already a little scared or if I'm just stressed out and my mind maybe isn't in the right place, it's so easy to fall into this trap that this voice wants to tell you. But if you can identify, again, a lot of this is coming up with and identifying those pain points, then you can start to be proactive because if you're aware of the times that this is always going to come up and this is always going to come into your mind, then you're going to expect it. You're going to grow to sit there and wait for that voice to come. And then you're going to be able to more easily move past that negativity and back to reality because guess what? You're being proactive. You know it's going to be there. You're waiting for it to rear its ugly head. And then you're just going to push it back down, turn down the volume and move on. Right. I think it's way healthier to acknowledge it and then purposefully push it out than just to pretend that it doesn't exist at all. I think by acknowledging when it's going to happen and how it might come out is way is a way better approach to actually getting some forward progress going. Yeah, the next next point we really wanted to make is replacing that critical talk with actual talk, which means simply taking away all that negative down talk and then replacing it with more accurate statements. Because it's so easy to fall into this trap, and we've already been talking about it here. But when you fail, because let's face it, it'll happen. We all fail. You don't need to say, oh, I failed again. I fail at everything. Oh, why did I even try? Because I just knew I was going to fail. Instead, you say, I failed. I, yeah, sure. You own it. I might have failed on this one task. But guess what? I learned how not to do something. And I have learned and I've grown from it because ultimately we all talk about failure like it's a negative thing. But if you look at it as a growth opportunity, you look at it so much differently. And that's really the real talk because it's easy to say when you fail that it's going to be, you know, that you're not good enough, that you don't measure up. And really the issue there goes back to, again, naming that voice, your past experiences, like Whenever you are having trouble, whenever you fail, that's when people seem to come out with the I told you so and everything else. So I think that's why we naturally go to that place in our minds. Yeah, this is this is truly reframing your thinking. This is truly reframing your thoughts. This is 
something that as Brandon was talking, I was thinking, man, I feel like I remember this from being a, a psychology major. I think that we talked about how, you know, there are, there are things in your brain that you have to reprogram. And this is totally that you have to take what you're thinking and put a new, more accurate, better outlook statement in place of it. Right. And you really just need to remember the times where you did try something new, like I said, and you did a great job. Because we can focus a lot on the negative, but if you look at all the times where you've done something, then you can build on it. I mean, that's why me and Meg talk all the time about fitness and how great it is because you can go out and show your body that you did something and then you can pull back from that on everything else you're doing. And again, I think about a lot of times the struggles that I have. If I'm in a, in a space where I've been dragged down, I go back in my mind and I pull from those places where it did seem really terrible in the time. It did seem really tough in the time. But now as I look back, it was one of my biggest learning experiences. And I often pull from that to say, hey, I went through this really terrible thing and I came out on the other side. This is going to be no different. And then you approach it differently because ultimately, like Meg was just saying, you have control over your thoughts. And all you're really doing with this is taking that control back. Yeah. And it's really important to remember that your inner critic doesn't actually have any answers for you. It just is talking to you about all the ways you suck at life, but it doesn't have any real solutions or answers for you. So it's only possible outcomes that they're having. So when it happens, when the inner voice, when the inner critic comes out to try to pull you down, just remember that you need to focus on what they're saying and just tell them to shut up like we tell our five-year-olds do. <laughs> yeah, but that's so true. I mean, you really got to understand, like, none of that stuff has happened. Like, they're just angry fear mongers. They're trying to keep you from doing anything else. They come in under the guise of trying to keep you safe, but instead they're really just limiting you. They're keeping you from realizing your true potential. And if you look at it that way, we take it way more seriously because as we're having this talk, a lot of you know that that voice is there, but you're not actually considering it to be serious. You've accepted it as fact that it's going to be there. And you're like, well, you know, that's just part of life. That's just part of it. But really it's going back to reprogramming your mind, understanding that they're limiting you. That voice is limiting you. And it's not even reality. It's not even reality. It's, it's something completely different. It's not even something that has possibly happened. And even if it was something that happened in the past, it's not something that could happen in the future. Sure. There's potential, but remember, we always go to that worst case. And really, you just you have to put your inner voice in check. Call it out on the things that, that it's trying to sell you. Think about your inner voice. Just like we said earlier, think about your inner voice like it was a person. And you gave him a name, right? If you haven't, go back and give him a name. So picture it as this person who's speaking to you and telling you all these things about yourself to your face. Would you allow them to do that? Heck no. Yeah, I mean, you picture they're saying these things out loud. You're in a room full of people that you love the most. Would you just sit there and take the lies or would you defend yourself? You'd totally start defending yourself, which is what we need to do with this inner critic. We need to take our mind back. We need to focus our thoughts. We need to understand that we have the power to control our thoughts. And even more so, we have, the con we have control of our actions. The inner voice will never fully go away, even with some of these tips and tricks, but 
you have the skills to call them on their lies and turn down their volume so you can go out there and achieve and grow into the person that you're meant to be. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear. 